Duke Ellington, one man who stands astride a broad span of popular music, bridging the African and European heritage in America for over 40 years. The Negro is, uh, is, uh, has had a major influence on the total culture of America, which of course, as I say, in American music uh, is, is the greatest influence on the world. But I think the music situation today has reached a point where uh, it isn't necessary for categories. I think that uh, what people hear in music is either agreeable to the ear or not. And uh, if uh, this is uh, so, if music is agreeable to my ear, why does it have to have a category? I don't see the reason. I mean, either it sounds good or it doesn't, you know. I mean, if you say, for instance, I mean, uh, the whole thing depends upon the performance anyway. I mean, you can take probably the, the tr most trite. And that, that you're listening to Duke Ellington, the original voice of Duke Ellington, 1960s. And I will uh, put that aside. Okay? This is what I do. This is what I like to do. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. He has some interesting stuff to talk about, too. All right. I hope you are enjoying your Thursday. And happy holidays. Today is December the 17th. Thursday, September the 17th, and I hope you're enjoying your holiday. I am going to get up and get me some candy. My mouth is getting a little dry, to be honest with you. I don't want no water. You have to drink a lot of water during this pandemic. And that's all I've been drinking is water. It's good for you, flush your body out and everything. Uh... Don't drink too much during the holidays. If you if you drink, cause I hope no alcoholics is listening to my podcast. All right, you be good. Well, otherwise, I'm gonna have to spank you too. Shit.
Now that is CeeLo Green. CeeLo Green, CeeLo Green, CeeLo Green. Let me see who sang that originally. My goodness, he did that don't sound like that don't sound good to me. My God. Some things CeeLo can't sing. Hold on for a minute, let me look for it. Thank you for wait, waiting patiently. song you listening to you popping your fingers too testing testing one two three testing testing one two three we have a number one live segment here going and we would like to invite you to listen to this thank you Bye. 
think he's on a roll. He's been practicing, and he's getting better and better every time I listen to him. That's Mr. Clean. Yes, yes, yes. Anyway, uh, moving right along, we have, uh, let's see what we have here. Uh, well, the sun is out very pretty. You ever seen that in the wintertime? The sun just comes out like it's just in the spring. I'm telling you, that's what's happening now. It's very bright and beautiful outside where I am. Uh, I think uh, a little zap is in order. Let's see this. Um, how about a little do I ditty? Do I ditty? by uh zap how about that we'll play just a little bit of it and i'll be going and come back and join you in a minute when the sun warms your back after a cool summer swim at the lake you found I said a little zap, not a lot of zap, just a little. This is a sponsored podcast that that you are listening to. You must donate as far as sponsor. Try to go $9 if you can. Forget the other 4 or 99 cents. And you will hear some of the best music in your life. Not any of that other stuff. Where's the grown folks music right here on this station? And right now, I have to uh, let you go to the news. Let's let's find out what's going on in the news. Let's see if you would call this some of this stuff news. What they got here? Yeah. Let me see. Oh boy, here's another one. My name's Evan Mark, and I'm from the North Shore of Oahu. My first music and water will be the last thing to leave this earth because we can't live without water or music. We can't live without you. I love just how many accolades and how many awards you have in the house. Do you be the same way when you've been around eighty or seventy years, man? Come Thank on. you. Where was your Where was your start? Where, what? When did you find that you had this love? For no, I wanted to be a gangster. <laughs> I was from Chicago in the yeah. '30s, and I lost my mother when I was seven. Right. 
And I was a street rat, man. Mm -hmm. I saw dead bodies and Tommy guns and stogies and piles of money. Mm -hmm. And my daddy worked for gangsters, the most notorious triple OGs in, 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 in America's history. Right. Jones was, I'm doing a movie. Did you know that Quincy Jones wanted to be a gangster? <laughs> the Quincy Jones, the man that organized the Fred Sanford song on the Sanford and Son. Did you know that? Did you know that? No, you did not. And neither did I until now. So, we'll go back and we'll listen to it again, but... Can't let you hear too much. Just a little bit at a time. I can't let you listen to it all at once. Turn up the heat. With fiery flaming Hot flavor loaded onto that one-of-a-kind Lay's Kettle Cooked Crunch. Transform snacking with Lay's Kettle Cooked flaming Hot Flavored Chips. Very special, kid. I've been quested. came out with Blueberry Hill. Its name starts with an F. Fast Dominoes, that's right. And, but you just heard it from Louis Armstrong. That's right, for the first time. That's right. Okay. Now, let's get back down here. See what else we have here for today. 
We have uh, Johnny Johnson. We have here Johnny Johnson's Startler, Pennsylvanians. My one and only Roaring Twenties, Victoria Law. Okay, and Victorian music means between the years of, what's it say, the 1900s, 1920s, to 1950s. Well, I wouldn't go up that far to 1950s. I'd just say 1900s, 1920, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, and 28. So. <laughs> Okay, that's enough of this shit. Let me see. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They singing now with it. I don't particularly like that one. Let me see what else they got here. Uh, 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 I ain't in the mood for it right now. I had to come back. Uh, okay. I thought I took that shit off my list. I did. A migraine hope from Amavig to show up. Jackson rock me tonight 
And let's see what Mr. Clean has to say about it. He's been practicing singing, too. Let's see what he has to say. Sing, baby. Yes. sing when he want to. He can sing when he get ready. Yes, yes, he can sing when he get ready. But anyway, I wouldn't let you hear Freddie Jackson no more for nothing in the world because you've been a bad boy.
Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I bet you haven't heard that in a while. That her name is Estelle. Estelle and the song is Thank You. Okay. And you can go and listen to it on your own time because this is my podcast and my listening pleasure.
that you ain't coming back In the beginning everything was cool To what the end of it all is all bad I know I played my part in making it what it is And I know that you did the same I guess I'm out of here I'm moving on again I'm sure that you will understand I play by the rules You play by the Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Mr. Clean and having fun. And today, today we have on our playlist right now, Marsha. Her name is Marsha. I can't pronounce her last name. And uh, Far Away is the name of the song. It kind of snuck in there on me. These uh, songs that I have upon this playlist are sad songs. And you don't want to listen to sad songs when you have broken up with a boyfriend or a girlfriend. You want to keep it kind of upbeat and happy. These songs are sad, by the way. Yep, sorry to say. Yes, old school sad. Very old school sad. This is Denise Williams, silly. Denise Williams. Do you remember? Do you remember what she sound like? When the last time you you heard a, this song? Oh boy, she sounds wonderful. You should go check her out. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to this song by Denise Williams, "Silly 
just a little bit of it, just a snippet, not the whole song, just a snippet, and then I want you to listen to another song that sounds a bit like it and has the same style, but different, but has the same, somewhat of the same style. Okay, now, listen to this one. Listen to this one. Listen to this one. I have it on my playlist as well. It made it to my playlist. And it made it to my playlist because she strictly tore it up. Okay. Uh, let's see. Well, I got to Let me see where I got her at. In the hell ringing my doorbell. Alright, here is the comparison to what I played you before. And just for a little recap, just in case you're going out of order here. Uh, I got a nice Christmas present. <laughs> so I'm not grouchy, I'm happy. I got a nice Christmas present, early Christmas present. Uh, I won't share with you what that was, but it was very nice, and I'm in a good mood. So, anyway, um, what did I play you before? I played a little bit of, uh, Denise Williams, Silly. So, let's play just a tad bit, bit more, and then we're going to play this other song by Monica and then you can listen to the comparisons okay shop the Google store for great deals on holiday gifts like Nest Mini the Google Storyteller or Nest Hello the Google gift tracker visit googlestore.com today
Now, what I'm going to do, I'm going to stop it uh, to the part where I believe Monica uh, got her inspiration from Denise Williams. Now, remember where you heard this from. You heard this from Having Fun on Mr. Clean. As far as uh, you never probably even noticed it because it's probably out of your age range or whatever. Then the ones who have heard both both uh, women sing, you know, can say, well, that's it. You know, that, that that's the comparison. And Monica made it to my playlist because of that. Because, you know, hey, very few records or very few songs make it to my playlist. You know, I like both of the, the women when they sing. But let's listen, let's listen, let's sing it. Now here it come. Listen, listen well. It's coming up. It's got a lot of music in it. Instrumental and everything, but it's coming. Okay, now let's listen. To, let's listen to this other version that we have. Both, both are, both of them, both of them very nice. But let's listen. Let me listen to what I have here. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. All right, girl. Let it loose. Let it go. You know they got to put some drama in all these videos. That's why I'm gonna... Now, this is what's familiar. This is what's familiar to me. Right here. Okay, listen up. All right. 
Mm-hmm. Made it to my playlist because of that. Ain't that something? That's something. Nice song. Both of them nice. Okay, now now what I'm gonna do is get the pull the instrumental up and listen to the instrumental and everything. Cause one that don't listen real good don't know. I listen good. You have to have an ear for it. But then again, some of them listen, some of them noticing, some of them don't. Some of them don't. Okay, and you just listen to it now. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Uh, all right. This is. The, I hope it's a good, a good version. So. By Venom, on your go-to app for videos. Watch it now on YouTube. Don't forget the garlic. Now see that's Monica's that's Monica's instrumental. Now let's listen to the other instrumental by what was her name? Denise Williams? Yes. Let's listen to the instrumental by Denise. <laughs> yes, yes. We gonna we gonna learn today, ain't we? Yes, ma'am. Yes. I'm happy too. I got my Christmas present. Hot <laughs> damn. Oh boy, I got an early Christmas gift. Denise Williams instrumental. Okay. Okay. Cold War with Mountain Dew game fuel. We 
made USAA insurance for veterans like Martin. When a hailstorm hit, he needed his insurance to get it done right. Right away. USAA. What you're made of, we're made for. There's a there's a there's a slight difference in in each one of them, but not much. But uh, yeah, you got to really sing to make it to my playlist. That's right, you got to you got to come with the gusto. Yes, and both of them came. You know, she Denise Williams, boy, she was she had a voice on her. I don't know whether she's living or dead. I got to check on her and see what's going on. I'm going to ask Google if she's living. And by the way, uh, you see how I'm letting these commercials go through, right? Yes, yes. Let's, ask, let's check with Google and see if Denise Williams is still living. Okay. Let's see if she's still living. Let's see. Is Denise Williams still living the woman that sings Philly? Is Denise Williams still living? Here is information from Wikipedia. I think she's, let me see, Denise Williams, who's alive and who's dead. Who's alive and who's dead. Let's see what they say. I just like a direct answer, yes or no, and then you can go in on anything else. Uh, looks like she's still living. I think. Somebody else wanted to know where is Denise Williams from? Where uh, who who was Denise Williams married to? There's some nosy people in this world. How old is Denise Williams? What is Denise Williams network? Now you know what they need to know that for. They're not gonna spend none of the money. They don't need to know that. Okay, she's still living because it says she was uh it says 1968 present. Okay, she was born in 1968. All right. So that has been confirmed. 1968, she was born and she's still living. And she's still, she, she's gotten older. They got a few up-to-date pictures on her, but online as well. 
if I had a, she has really changed as far as, she still looks young, but to me, she has, I wouldn't know her if she tapped me on my shoulder. <laughs> yes, buddy. Let's go back to this YouTube. Yes, 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 yes. Man, I just, I just can't get over that Christmas present. My goodness, man. Hey, I'm glad I didn't have it recording when, when I got it. Yes, indeed. Nice, nice Christmas present. <clears throat> nice Christmas present. <sighs> Lord have mercy. Mm, mm, mm. Okay, now I'm. We're gonna listen to Monica too. I like both of them. I like. I do. But now Monica got on my playlist because because she um she brought it. You got to bring it. Yes, indeed. You got to really, really bring it. Now, this is what got her in my playlist right here. Yeah, yeah, she brought it before that, though. She brought it before that. But anyway, did you got to be the... You got to set shit on fire to get on my playlist. Yes, indeed. Yes, 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 yes. These are, I labeled these songs begging love songs. These are begging long. These are, all these songs I got on this playlist, which ain't number four right now, they begging. And listen to this. I ain't, you know, hey. <laughs> and she begging, she begging.
Ain't that something when, when he left, she lost a part of herself. But anyways, uh, that's a sad song. And this is a sad song as well. This is by Mary J. Blige. Till he get home, ain't that sound? Mm. Mm -hmm. Anyway, oh boy, I got an early Christmas present, so you know I ain't in no sad mood. I'm in a happy, happy, happy mood. <laughs> yes, indeed, I'm in a happy mood. Mm -mm. Let's listen to this.
Boy, they tearing it up. Yes, yes. I have to put the name who's playing in the description in the description box. But I am so I I've been I am blessed. I am really really blessed. Yes, 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 yes. Really blessed. five or six fingers and any of our famous sauces with the chicken finger plate only at Saxby's order ahead drive through or get it delivered Pop it. Did y'all hear that? Did, did you hear that? Did you hear him pop? Did you hear him pop that guitar? Let's listen again. I got to go back just a tad. I can't go back too much. Okay. Let's hear him pop it. Here it comes. Here it comes. Here it comes. Here it comes. Here it goes.
Cut up. Yeah, I can't believe they don't have more views than that. I can't believe they don't have more views than this. Well, anyway, let's see who else on this uh, lineup I got on here. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Yes, yeah. Mm. Lewis Johnson, ladies and gentlemen, is playing now. Show him out, Lewis. I got to see if Lewis Johnson is deceased. I think he is. Let's see if he's deceased. Let's ask Google. Is Lewis Johnson deceased? Is Lewis Johnson the guitar player deceased? Johnson died on May 21st, 2015. The place of death of Lewis Johnson is Las Vegas, Nevada. Mm. Okay, thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, Lewis Johnson died on uh died his his death date is uh May the 21st, 2015. 2015, May the 21st. And he died in Las Vegas, Nevada. He was an American bass guitarist. <coughs> Excuse me. May he rest in peace. A lot of people don't know who he is. I just learned who he was last year. Or was it a year before that? No, it was in 2017. I think it was in 2017. I just learned who who he was and everything. But I know good music, and uh, he could play he could play the guitar real really well.
Hi, I'm Lewis Johnson, and I'm here for Starlix. And today we'll be looking at my style and technique. But first, I want to tell you a little bit about my bass. This is a Music Man bass, and uh, Leo Fender made this bass especially for me. I went down to his uh, bass making plant in Anaheim, where they make, where they used to make all the Fender equipment. He sold the company. Now it's called Music Man. And this was one of his first products, and he wanted me to promote it to start the selling and increase the sales. He gave me this and about 10 others, <laughs> which all of them are different. Some has two pickups, some have no frets, and rosewood neck, shellac neck, and, you know, different colors, bridges, <coughs> and tuning pegs. But what's different about this bass is he made the pickup very strong. The magnets in it are very strong. And... Uh, I remember when it was lying there and it was guts was all hanging out, he was doing things to it that was making it more powerful, which I technically don't know what he did, but um, to make every bass like this, it, it would just cost too much. And that's why this bass sounds so heavy and so strong, because it was specially made for thumping. And I'm in the process now of making some basses with Kramer, and we're going to put them out and sell them all over the world so you can pick up a Lewis Johnson bass made by Kramer pretty soon and they'll have different things in this one or any other basses be made for thumping. I've made some changes to make it easier to thump. And now before we get started, let's tune up. Okay, the first string we're going to do is the E string. I like to check them by hitting them open like this and then hitting an overtone and comparing it next string that way we can go to the A because as a thumper as you start thumping on the bass <laughs> you'll find out that you knock the strings out of tune yeah. by you know banging on it real hard so you always have to check your tuning okay, so now we we'll go to the D and you check that with the overtone I just like to hear him play D. just play Twice then, <laughs> I have to remember myself. Okay, then after I hit the index finger, and then I come back down and go, and then I go up. It's a new style of playing bass, and uh, mm -hmm. well, it goes back far away, but uh, it's kind of new to a lot of bass players that have been playing with their fingers. I started doing it, when I started playing bass, I played like this, with my thumb. <laughs> and then, um, when I was a teenager, he started, that got boring. He started punishing started. that guitar after that. <laughs> <laughs> I just started. Yeah, he made, a, he made a good point, you know, he's, he, he, he's teaching how to, how to uh, thump the bass. With the with the thumb and everything. Let's let's listen. Let's listen. Pulling the string. We didn't have a rhythm machine. We used to have one and we lost it. So I had to be my own rhythm machine. So I went. Now that's just the thumb. You gotta remember, a lot of people do that with the index and the thumb, but I'm doing it with just. hard to do as you can see mm. and then after I started doing that I busted up my thumb real bad one day so I had to figure out another way to do it 
I started adding the index finger. And then I busted up my index finger and my thumb. Mm. So I didn't have any other way to play. So I just started pulling the strings like... Combining it. That, I broke up my, my finger <laughs> on that and I started. You started slapping it then. Yeah. And what that is, is you're just hitting the strings with your fingers and your. I'm taking the two index fingers and picking out. A and a G string. And I'm hitting it. At first, this is very hard to do. Any kind of thumping on a bass is hard to do because the strings are made out of metal. Mm -hmm. But if you keep doing it, you'll get good. And it's not easy, but you know, if you want to play like that, you have to. I used to wake up my parents six o'clock in the morning with. And now All right, I'm gonna end it right there. Rest in peace of uh Lewis Johnson. I'm gonna ask Google what else did Lewis Johnson play? As far as musically, to be sure, because I'm not sure. I'm just a baby. You know, I don't know these things. I don't know. We have to ask Google Gaga. We have to ask Google Gaga. Let's see what Google has to say. Google Gaga, Lewis Johnson, what is one of his songs? Oh, they're not saying anything behind that. Let me ask again. What is one of Lewis Johnson's songs, first songs? Let's see. Oh, the name of the group was the Brothers Johnson. Hmm. Want me to read? I can't read. <laughs> I can't read. I tried my best. <laughs> oh, it says the Brothers Johnsons were an American funk and R&B band consisting of American musicians and brothers George Lightning Licks and Louis E. Johnson Thunder Thumbs. This must be the one we were listening to. Ooh, they achieved their greatest success from the mid seventies and early 80s. Ain't that something? With three singles topping the R&B charts, I'll Be Good to You and Strawberry Letter 23 and Stomp. I ain't never heard Stomp. Let me hear Stomp. 
Okay, the one is I'll be good to you, and the other one is Strawberry Letter. I'm I'm familiar with those two, but Stump I'm not. So let's listen to Stump. Okay, that's before my time. Okay, thank you. Thanks for nothing, Goo Goo Gaga. Thanks for nothing. You don't want to talk, okay. Okay, let's go back to this. See, can we listen to the song Stone? Stone. Stone by. This is the Johnson Brothers. Brothers Johnson. Okay, yeah. Alright, let's hear it. No, that's live, ain't it? No, hold on, let's see. Okay. Five or six fingers and any of our famous sauces with the chicken finger plate. Only at Saxby's. Order ahead, drive through, or get it delivered. Oh, I remember now. Brothers Johnson, and I think that it should have been the Johnson Brothers, but anyway, the Brothers Johnson song Stomp, and they got two more other uh, records out. But, uh, whew, I don't know, rest in peace. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Lewis Johnson died of a bad bleeding of the gastrointestinal. Uh, so we're going to ask Google to read it out for me, and we'll do that now. How did Lewis Johnson die? According to Wikipedia, Lewis Johnson died on May 21, 2015, at the age of 60. The cause of death was gastrointestinal bleeding of the esophagus. Okay, and he died in 2015 on May the 21st. May he rest in peace. He left behind some great songs. And I will be taking requests and uh, messages, you know, from you. Letting me know who would you like to know more about or what type of songs that you would want to hear. And I encourage you to get your...
With his raw, raspy voice, electrifying showmanship, and irresistibly catchy songs, James Brown cemented his legacy as one of the greatest musical performers who ever lived. Unfortunately, he also did horrible things, many of which have only come to light since his death in 2006. Just months before his passing, James Brown spoke with journalist Robert Chalmers for two hours. Brown, who Chalmers suspected was high at the time, sprinkled the conversation with long words and Yiddish slang that made no sense in context. Eventually, he turned his attention to death, theorizing that once someone dies, their soul exits via supernatural flatulence as a puff of smoke. The singer also claimed he could look at someone's face and tell if they were about to die. In 2013, Chalmers mentioned a question that evidently didn't appear in the originally published interview. He had asked Brown whether he could see impending death by looking in a mirror, to which the singer responded, quote, I ain't gonna tell you that. Given how often Brown brought up death and legacy in their meeting, Chalmers suggested that Brown realized his time was almost up. In 2014, Brown's chauffeur told The Guardian that he sometimes picked up several women from the airport in a single day to take them to sleep with Brown. He also alleged that the famous stage performer didn't perform so well in the bedroom, adding that Brown's girlfriends teased him because his manhood, quote, was about the size of a pencil. Whatever problems he <laughs> oh had God. revving his bedroom engine, Brown functioned <laughs> enough to have six kids that he knew of. Once he died, more alleged children came forward to demand a chunk of his estate. By August 2007, roughly a dozen people had taken paternity tests per the Associated Press. By December, three had been confirmed as Brown's offspring. The most controversial claim involved young James Brown II. Brown's known heirs thought Brown had a vasectomy in the 1980s, making them doubt that James II was his child. However, he absolutely was Brown's son, and there's probably no telling whether there are still undiscovered kids. On December 23, 2006, a week and days, James Brown went to the dentist, where he fell gravely ill. He was rushed to the hospital and died on Christmas Day at the age of 73. The official cause of death was a heart attack and fluid in the lungs, but CNN highlighted reasons to doubt those claims. Dr. Marvin Crawford, who signed Brown's death certificate, said he saw the singer's son-in-law, Darren Lumar, shouting, They killed him! at the hospital. Brown's friend Andre White said an unnamed nurse told him a stranger paid the musician a visit just before his vitals dropped. Allegedly, there was drug residue in his breathing tube. Hairdresser Candace Hurst allegedly sent text messages in which she worried about going to jail over a, quote, James Brown duffel bag filled with her clothes, including drug residue on some shoes. Brown's attorney, Buddy Dallas, supposedly told her to throw it into a lake. Despite calls from some family members for an autopsy, Brown's daughter, Yama Brown, has refused one. The human body goes on a strange biological odyssey after death, but James Brown's body in particular went on a very real, very strange journey to different locations. According to his widow Tommy Ray, to determine the paternity of her son James II, the singer's legs had to be cut off to extract bone marrow since the embalming process had tainted other sources of DNA. She also revealed that in the first six months after the singer's passing, his body got relocated 14 times amid family squabbling over his fortune. The last known location of Brown's body was a crypt in his daughter Deanna's yard. In 2010, Brown's daughter LaRonda Peaches Pettit claimed his body had disappeared, possibly to conceal the true circumstances of his death. A funeral home director denied this, and Deanna also denied it via her publicist. However, when CNN's Thomas Lake looked into the matter, he received conflicting information from two lawyers, with one saying that the body's whereabouts were confidential, and the other stating that the body was, quote, publicly known to be in Deanna's yard. Was James Brown married three times or four times? It took 11 years to officially settle the matter. As described by Fine Law, the whole mess began back in 1997 when Tommy Ray Heine married Javed Ahmed. Apparently, that marriage slipped her mind. 
because she tied the knot with Brown in 2001. Obviously, this was a problem, though maybe not for Ahmed, who already had multiple wives in Pakistan. Brown filed for an annulment, but later changed his mind. Instead, Heine had her first marriage dissolved. Even so, it wasn't clear whether Brown and Heine were married. When the singer passed away, Heine was locked out of his house. Brown's attorney argued that Heine had just been, quote, a guest in Mr. Brown's home. The maybe Mrs. Brown decided to fight in court, and in 2018, an appeals court sided with Heine on the grounds that her first marriage was invalid from the get-go. After all, Ahmed was already married. While this was going on, Brown's former spouse, Velma, swooped in to call dibs on Brown's estate. The pair had married in 1953, and according to her, they never divorced, which would invalidate all of Brown's later marriages. In reality, they officially called it quits in 1969. Brown had a decades-long history of violence against women. Vicki Anderson, whose husband performed alongside him, told Rolling Stone that in the 1970s, Brown beat his then-wife, Deidre. She added, the minute he buys you the first thing, if you're his woman, next will come those beatings. Brown's fourth wife, Tommy Ray, also witnessed his vicious behavior. In 2004, she dialed 911 after her enraged husband shoved her to the floor and threatened to murder her while waving a chair. This is my last chance to get away from something that I'm convinced is going to kill me. Brown denied the accusations, saying, quote, I would never hurt my wife. But of course, at the time, he didn't consider Tommy Ray his wife. Despite Brown's declarations of love, the prospect of future 911 calls may have weakened his eagerness to remarry Tommy Ray. <coughs> that issue came up in the unreleased movie Life on the Road with Mr. and Mrs. Brown, which journalist Robert Chalmers described in a 2013 GQ article. The film contains a sequence in which Brown and Tommy Ray prepare to renew their vows. Oh, excuse, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Oh. Billy Ray, Billy, could you please slow it down some? You're reading a little bit too fast. Will you uh, slow it down just a little bit, please? I appreciate it. Tommy Ray remarks that part of their agreement included a clause that she never call 911 again. They apparently never went through with it, but the suggestion is awful enough. Billy Ray, please slow it down. I know this is your segment. I know this. This is your little cubicle you paid for. You paid a penny and a half for it, okay? Will you please slow it down just a little bit? Don't go too fast because we're trying to listen. Speaking with Chalmers, Tommy Ray acknowledged that Brown beat her, but denied that it was abuse. After laying her father to rest, Yama Brown wrote the memoir. You have to read a little bit slower if you don't mind, okay? Sweat. My father, James Brown, and me, in which she opened up. Not that slow. Just a little bit, just a little bit slower. Not that slow. Not that fast. Not that about her father's monstrous treatment of her mother and Thank his you. second wife, Deidre. She Ooh. recalled seeing Brown, a former amateur boxer, furiously punching her defenseless mother in the face as she bled profusely. It does talk about domestic violence and what I saw growing up and then how I went on to unfortunately be in a domestic violence situation myself. A part of Yama despised her father, but she also resented her mother for enduring the abuse. Eventually, she pretended it wasn't happening, just like they did. That kind of trauma follows a person, 
and in Yama's case, it repeated itself in her marriage to Darren Lamar. They had only been dating for two months when the initially charming Lamar asked James Brown for permission to marry Yama, despite not asking her beforehand. Brown approved. Once they moved in together, Lamar changed. One day, he flew into a jealous rage, chased Yama down the street, and repeatedly pushed her to the ground. Yama wrote, It wasn't until a decade later, when I was lying in that cold tile floor with my head pounding and my vision blurred from being punched in the face, that I left. In 2007, the state of Illinois changed the law to allow sexual assault survivors to sue their attackers past the statute of limitations if the survivor was intimidated or manipulated. The inspiration for that change was Jacqueline Hollander, who sued James Brown in 2005 but was well past the statute of limitations. She had kept quiet for years, fearing for her life. Hollander first met Brown when she was 13. Years later, they became friends and recorded songs together. Speaking with CNN's Thomas Lake, Hollander described the day James Brown insisted that she join him for a car ride. Armed with a shotgun and possibly high, he became increasingly unhinged, according to Hollander. Eventually, Brown drove her into the woods and sexually assaulted her at gunpoint. Afterward, he threatened her and her family. Terrified of angry Brown, Hollander continued collaborating with him. Ultimately, she tried to break her silence through author Stanley Booth. Booth included her account in a book about James Brown, but made the encounter sound consensual. Hollander sued Booth for defamation, but lost. Adrian Brown was James' third wife, and one of the first people to leap to his defense. Unfortunately, her love and loyalty were rewarded with savage beatings. In April 1988, police were called to the Brown residence for the second time in four days after James reportedly bludgeoned her with a pipe and fired a rifle at her. Physical evidence and eyewitnesses confirmed Adrian's account, yet the godfather of Seoul stayed out of prison. Like my very wife, Adrian stood by me. It was a very, very hard time. Adrian's close friend Jacqueline Hollander told CNN that Adrian had been threatened, and Brown wasn't the only source of danger, according to Hollander. He had a network of criminals, investigators, and crooked cops at his disposal who were determined to keep their paychecks coming, which meant neutralizing threats to Brown's wealth. Adrian knew where the bodies were buried, and in 1996, she may have become one of them. Adrian seemed intent on divorcing Brown, and authorities were set to prosecute him for domestic abuse. Before that could happen, Adrian died during cosmetic surgery, supposedly from an accidental overdose. However, a police informant claimed that a doctor confessed to killing Adrian to keep her quiet. Unfortunately, the notes went unnoticed for over 20 years. Prosecutors argued that manager David Cannon took more than his share of Brown's estate, which is worth up to $100 million, according to CNN. He was supposed to get a 5% cut of Brown's earnings, but he helped himself to 15%. Cannon also allegedly pocketed part of a $900,000 check that was meant to go toward Brown's outstanding debts. In total, Cannon was accused of taking over $8 million. Cannon downplayed charges as My goodness, even the music wanna jam. Helen Falashade Adu was born in Ibadan, Nigeria, raised by her father, a Nigerian economics professor, and her mom, an English nurse. She was brought up in the England town of Holland-on-Sea, following her parents' divorce. While her lifelong dream was to work in the fashion industry, she decided to team up with a band of talented musicians, and the group Sade was born. Smooth and elegant, just like her music, Sade's timeless songs continue to hypnotize audiences far and wide. But after nearly four decades in the entertainment business, she has sold over 50 million records across the globe. But she has released only six studio albums, the last one being 2010 Soldier of Love. So what's the real reason Sade continues to take long breaks from the industry? Is there something going on in her private life that fans aren't aware of? Let's find out as we dig deeper into the truth behind her creative process.
At the age of 14, Sade discovered soul music, nightclubs, and dancing. But instead of pursuing music, she told Rolling Stone she moved to London at the age of 17 to take a three-year course in fashion and design. When she wasn't busy with school, she was designing and selling her own line of men's clothing. She also took a job selling clothes at the Camden Market. When an acquaintance named Lee Barrett, who managed a band called Pride, asked if she wanted to be a backup singer, she agreed. According to the New York Times, she reluctantly became the front woman when the lead singer left. Eventually, she and Pride's bandmates, Stuart Matthewman and Paul Denman, began working on new music, which would make Sade the focal point since her stage presence was garnering so much attention. They added keyboardist Andrew Hale and drummer Paul Cook into the mix and settled on the name Sade. She told the Times, I have no technical training and am completely uneducated in music. None of that mattered to the group, though. Sade said she would sometimes sing melodies into a tape recorder, and her bandmates. <clears throat> okay, that's enough. That's enough. Jesus. That's enough.
state women's facility, I tell you, I wouldn't work in that motherfucker for nothing. My mom's is in there. Serious? She doing life. I never met her. Just pictures. But well, damn, why you ain't never said that? Never knew. Remember Shadow? Yeah. She got transferred to state last year. She got me word. Motherfucker, so that's what you stabbing Takesha was all about? You trying to get up in there? I ain't trying shit, Leonard. It's done. I'm going home. Wow, this guy is good. Uh huh. Where'd you find him? Been using him for years. Hey, listen, can you forward me the rest of those images from the presentation, please? I need to look. Check your pad. Very nice. Brilliant. I thought you'd like that. My God, where do you come up with this stuff? You know, girl, I'm like Mike. I like. Which Mike? Which one? Yeah. All of them. Oh! <laughs> Jordan. Jackson. Tyson. Okay, all right. Okay. Michael Buffer. Okay. Let's Thank get you. Rid. No, listen. It's getting. No, late. Shh, I have neighbors. Okay? You don't want to hear it? Do you know what time it is? Your neighbors want to hear me. Stay with me. We're almost there. Here's what I want you to do. If you could just add that value proposition piece back in. And then instead of the pie chart, a little bar graph, the and bar we're good graph. to go. Yes. Right? Got you. I Thank got you. you. Can you imagine little old Jewel advertising the agency of record for clearing candy? Yes, I can. Yeah. yeah. That's why you brought me in, right? Yeah. You know what that means? What? It means little Jewel is about to become big Jewel. Ladies and gentlemen, we have here a surprise. Boy, so many different surprises here on my lineup. And let's kick it like this. Oh, I can see. 
collar. I want to holler to get rid of my stress. My life's a mess, so I can't wait to be laid to rest. I'm in the rears, getting drunk off beers to kill the fears. Wearing the same Tim's for three years. Plus, I need new gear, and I'm due for a cut. I'm falling and I can't get up. I'm in a rut. Can't even go home, cause he is broke. Yo, my mom's on drugs, and my daddy died from a stroke. No joke, ha, I need to see your strength. I can't afford a 25. In a vivid premonition of a four-seated range When I was greeted, many faces seemed strange Smiles painted on a broken canvas When discovered, I was forced to dance with the drunken mantis It's incongruent, the language I speak is fluent Knuckle game, prize fighter, affluent I'm a stranger in a foreign land Concentrating on the length of my lifespan Based upon the effort of my next ten grand Sent I walk with a swagger, love lagger Till I stagger, caught a pound bagger With a pager on the hip And a cell phone to make the smoke easier to flip And I search from a perch, no higher than my perception If I'm standing on a block, my pop said it was deception It's funny how my direction was distorted by 